In today's episode, we recorded under slight duress due to the opossum who kept trying to scratch its way into the Winchester. But we bring you James Taylor's Your Smiling Face, a song that is bass forward, smile outward, and possum positive. Today's song is the type of song that does exactly what the title says. And so when you hear Your Smiling Face by James Taylor, you can't help but smile. No one can tell me that I'm doing wrong today. Whenever I see your smiling face my way. It is a joyful, bouncy, poppy song. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. And every time you listen to it, there's there's a lightness, there's an airiness. It's just, it's a happy, happy, happy song. I got two memories about this song, two, two big ones. One of them is our friend Gabe, who is into like some punk bands, political bands too, like Propaganda and, and bands like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember him talking to me about this song where he's like oh that song your smiling face and then he immediately like said this is amazing and had almost like a bop dance to it when he heard it the one time like this 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 is the type of song that will cross boundaries too even even if you're not really into adult contemporary i mean gabe he likes his fair share of oh, I think guilty so, yeah. pleasures. I'm not taking anything away, but I remember... When Big he listener was... likes all of our episodes. Yeah, but I remember particularly his joyful reaction to this. And this was early in, I don't know, maybe in the 90s. So that's one memory. And the other one is just this afternoon, trying to sing it to my son to get his reaction. And yeah. he just couldn't stop laughing about the lyrics. He thought they were hilarious and he understood them. It's not that he was laughing at your attempt at singing. Oh, definitely. That was okay. part of it too. But he knew the words and he kept trying to make a pretty little pout. And he kept saying he's trying to make a pretty little pout. Oh, okay. So I got a video. I'll put it up on Instagram. Yeah. And at one point he just falls over. And I said, why'd you fall over? And he said, my pout turned me inside out. Oh, geez. So he knew the. <laughs> so the lyrics also bring out this sort of childhood joy, but it's also something that kids can enter into for a James Taylor song. Better than Fire and Rain for an entry point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yep, today's episode is James Taylor, Your Smiling Face. This song is the opening track on his JT album. Yeah. Now, this is significant for me because in the 90s, we all bought CDs. That was how we listened to music. And everyone bought certain greatest hits collections that you would fill up your, your back catalog with. And so one of them was like Steve Miller Band's greatest hits. Yeah. There was Rumors by Fleetwood Mac, maybe The Eagles' Greatest Hits, and there's James Taylor's Greatest Hits. Yeah. That white album. That white album, yeah. And it spanned from like 1969 to 1976, which I believe were his Columbia albums. Yeah. Now, this is the first 
album after that greatest hits yes which means that's no great. one really had the album a lot of people bought the vinyl mm-hmm. but by the time it comes to us most people have thrown out their vinyl in the 90s or didn't bother listening to them and i didn't really know who sang this song like i could i'd hear it on the radio but it didn't sound like the greatest hits collection of james taylor it yeah different yeah well it wasn't on that greatest hits right like, no and uh, but there was a second greatest hits that came out, That's which right. was the what, 77 to, um, I think it was like... 96 96 was Yeah, it? so yeah. it came out like, I think it came out in the year 2000, Yeah, that one. And okay. I bought that, and then I realized, oh, this is James Taylor, and all these other songs, which have a definite more adult contemporary feel to them. Yeah. But this was kind of the weird thing about this song. It felt really different. So I remember that. Yeah, and I remember, because, um, well, I knew this was James Taylor, but and I also had that Greatest Hits album as well back in the 90s, but I was just like, well, where's your smiling face? How come it's not on the CD? Like, is this not one of his greatest hits? Yeah. I think so. This is a song unlike any other in his catalog. Yeah. And I think it's the most fun. Yeah. It would be akin to uh, R.E.M.'s Shiny Happy People. <laughs> That's a good call. I think That's so. good. So he wrote this for, apparently, his daughter. Because it was right in the middle of his uh, marriage to Carly Simon, so everyone thinks you know it's a, it's about uh, it's about Carly Simon. But apparently, yeah, it's it's uh, according to Wikipedia, anyways, that it was for their daughter uh, Sally. Yeah, and so I think, of course, it's it's a mix of things. But with when you think of it as a kid and you see Pretty Little Pout, that makes sense when it's a when it's a kid. There are a couple lines in it though that. Don't make sense if it was a kid. No, definitely. I think he, you know, he does his, some of it's Carly, some yeah. of it's whoever. So this is in the midst of his bliss. So he, he was in a, having a good time in his marriage. but it, Lots of heroin. Yeah, I know. This is the th- strange thing with James Taylor is this, he has this, um, this drug battle yeah. that went on and, it, and I think it cost his marriage. And among other things, he also blamed being in his 20s. He said he couldn't understand why someone would get married in their 20s. He said he wasn't ready. Yeah. Which seems, it sounds pretty sad still, like, to, to lose all that. It, it sounds sad, but it, like, I don't know. Do you remember your 20s? There's no way that I would have been ready to get married. I'm in my 40s. I don't know if I'm ready <laughs> to be married. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, we did skip our first marriages. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, anyways, that was the, that was the, um, the history behind the song in terms of the writing of it. Apparently, the session was done really quickly, too. Yeah. I saw a video by Leland Scalar, who was a bass player on this. He's a bass player on a ton of things. He's the guy with that giant beard. He's in a lot of Phil Collins videos. Oh, okay. This. And um, he played the song to the song. He had a live version. He did it during the pandemic. Okay. And he talked about how quickly the session went. So it went quicker than the YouTube video he was trying to make, which took him all day. Yeah. <laughs> They all sound really comfortable. All the players, it's, everything seems to fit just perfectly. So I imagine this was probably a really easygoing session. Yeah, it, it sounds like, you know, there's no drama. There's no ego in the room. It's just just a bunch of dudes just hanging out, jamming, and playing a song together. And it, it feels really, really natural. It doesn't feel like there's anything produced or manufactured about it. It just it feels like it's just live off the floor. Yeah, and it is of its time, too, where it has a bit of a disco feel to me yeah. because it's so bass-forward. And then there's the strings that are just underneath it that they put in that mm-hmm. make it feel very late 70s music. Yeah, and this is a, a, a bit of a, a of a turn because uh, 
I mean, when you think of uh, James Taylor, and especially if we're going to talk about that first Greatest Hits album, it's, you know, James Taylor's acoustic folk. Right. And, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no walk and bass. There's no electric guitar like this. It, it's a, I'm not saying it's like his Bob Dylan Newport Folk Festival moment or anything like that, but it's, it, it's, a, it's a little, it's a, it's a shift. It's a change in what he had been playing prior to songs like this and this album, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, and it was a really well-received album. So he had had a couple badly reviewed albums. So the one right before this mm-hmm. was was sort of like um, attacked a lot. Oh, really? I okay. don't remember the name of the album. I think it was In the Pocket. Oh, okay. And so the album was In the Pocket, and that was really badly reviewed. But the one before it was Gorilla, which was really, really successful and well-liked. And before that, there was, an, I think, a couple that were not that well-received. But this one... Was highly praised for him taking chances. Some of the songs definitely don't work. There's one about traffic jam, being stuck in a traffic jam. Oh, okay. Ooh, not good. <laughs> not good. But he goes for it. Sometimes he misses. Yeah. I mean, you can't fault the man for trying. Yeah. There's some really good songs on this album. Yeah. There's some really good ones. So, but this, of course, is our favorite. Yes. Yeah. I reached out to our good friend Liz because we went to see James Taylor with her. Is that in the mid two thousands? Yeah, um, yeah. Because we we were making the joke. I remember about going to see the the OG JT. It wasn't <laughs> Justin Timberlake, but it was uh, James Taylor, and right. how pumped we were about that. Yeah, and I was hoping to kind of convince her to come back onto the podcast. We've oh, been that trying. Been great, yeah. yeah. So she, of course, if you want to hear from Liz, she's on our Lionel Richie episode. Yeah, and Liz, the the. The invite is always open to you. We'd love to have you back on the show. But I think she sensed what I was trying to do and responded with, yeah, I hate that song. Oh, no. <laughs> she, she, I think she just wrote, ha, ha, ha. But, of course, she was at the concert with us. I yeah. do remember her saying how much she loved James Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a fun show. It was, except for the person behind us yelling for Sweet Baby James for oh. two hours, as though he wasn't going to play it. I know, right? And it was what, first song in the encore? It might have been the last song in the encore, so we had to hear her scream the entire time. I think it was like second encore. Oh. So she screamed the whole time. We knew it was coming. He's going to yeah. play all the songs. He hates playing Fire and Rain, and he plays Fire and Rain every single show. Yeah. He even has a song about hating singing Fire and Rain. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah, know one of the lyrics yeah so this actually this song was one that he had to stop playing for a while because he had some voice issues and this is his one song that has his falsetto yeah right at the end that's a fantastic ending uh, to the song yeah so um well should we just jump into this song yeah i think so so um it opens so recognizably to me where it's um it starts with a quick drum fill. Does that sound right? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. And then you hear do 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 do. And so you have all the sort of instruments moving, but it's the bass that I remember really, really well. The bass pops on this song. Yeah. You, you just hear it driving the whole thing the entire time. Yeah. So it's like a bass forward song, I was thinking, and then definitely yeah. forward in the mix. Like then I And I love that they move it up. So often the bass kind of disappears, but they mm-hmm. really feature it. I mean, all the instruments you can hear, the piano and the guitar doing their things but there's something about that bass that just makes well the joy of it and it has just that groove i know his uh, i know his album in the pocket didn't uh, didn't do so well but this bass is in the pocket 
starts off right away with the title of the song, and I'm not sure if there really is a chorus to the song. It told me on Genius that it is, but I don't really think of that as a chorus. So no. I mean, we'll go through it. But that first verse, where he where he says, you know, whenever I see your smiling face, I I smile because I love you, and when you give me the pretty little pout, it turns me inside out. Something about you, baby. I don't know. Whenever I see your smiling face, I have to smile myself because I love you. Yes, I do. And when you give me that pretty little pout, it turns me inside out. There's something about you, baby. I don't know. I love that line, I don't know. It really does feel like someone's speaking, like a natural sort of thing you'd say. I don't know. It's just... yeah. It's like, how do you explain something that's like so emotive and you can't quantify or, or just put words to? It's just like, like that pretty little pout, just like, that's it. That's it for me. That's This is what, what does it. And I don't know why, but it does. Yeah. I guess this is why my son had such an easy time with it too. This is some like grand hidden symbolic sort of stuff going on. Yeah. Like seeing fire and rain, but it's really about yeah. <laughs> the plane crash. I don't, it's not it's about not the plane crash. It's not a plane crash, crash at all. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I remember telling my dad that story. Like My dad who grew up listening to James Taylor and saying, you know, this song is about his girlfriend who died in a plane crash. It's like, no, it's not. Like, oh. My challenge to you is to say that this song is about his girlfriend who died in that plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to tell my dad that. He's going to disown me. <laughs> and then... They claim it's the chorus on Genius Lyrics. I don't think it is, where he just says, isn't it amazing a man like me can feel this way? Tell me how much longer it could grow stronger every day. I don't think that's the chorus. No. I, that's I, just moving along. I, I think it's just a string of verses. Yeah, which I love about it. Yeah. And it's just like, so every part of this is a part that you would know. Like, it's a memorizable song. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing a man like me can feel this way? And then we move into his memories of the past. This would be the, the, uh, the sad part, the dark part, maybe. But it's not at all. Yeah. I thought I was in love a couple of times before with the girl next door, but that was long before I met you. And now I'm sure that I won't forget you. <laughs> I, that line. Yeah. And this is, this is where just like, okay, this is about Carly. It's yeah. not about Sally. Yeah, yeah. And I thank my lucky stars that you are who you are. And not just another lovely lady set out to break my heart. <laughs> just, uh, it is kind of funny, the lyrics. I, I know they could be criticized, but um, I just love the simplicity of it. And I yeah. also find it kind of funny that he thinks lovely ladies are just out there to break his heart. Yeah. Oh, well, he's, he's a victim, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was in love a couple of times before with the girl next door. But that was long before I met you. Now I'm sure that I won't forget you. And I thank my lucky stars that you are who you are. And not just another lovely lady sent down to break my heart. But there, there's something about the, the simplicity of the lyrics, and it works so well with the song. Because it's just happy and joyful. And, you know, joy doesn't have to be complicated. It, it just is simple and, and, well, joyful. Well, that's, that's the thing with joy. It isn't complicated. 
yeah. So it just again, it just feels like a perfect song. I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but this fits in really perfectly on Sesame Street yeah. <laughs> type of song, <laughs> which we'll get to later. And then we could just go into maybe it's the chorus. It's, he's he's just talking about how amazing it is for a man like me to feel this way. And so that is repeated. Yeah. Yeah. So if there is a chorus, and I think this is the closest thing to it. But he only does this twice. Yeah. Because then it moves into the the long, like, bridge outro. Bridge yeah. and outro, which is, you know, where, this, where the song hits the heights. Yeah. Well, throughout the entire song, though, it, it's like he's climbing a ladder. He's, he's bringing it up almost every single verse a little bit. It starts low and... and you can you can feel it in his voice. I don't know if he's changing keys or what, but he's just like it's just getting higher and higher and higher each uh, each verse. Yeah. But then yeah, then the end comes and uh, yeah. I mean, this ending has it feels like all the instruments stop except for the bass. Yeah. I think that's the case where he says, "No one can tell me that I'm doing wrong today." Whenever I see you smile at me, and then you hear the bass just keep moving, and um, he repeats that. It's just perfect. I love that. And this is one of those songs where my favorite part is towards that ending. So you have that, and then you have that, um, the outro, where he starts to keep, he keeps singing, but then he starts to go to falsetto mode. Yeah. Oh, man. It's great. Yeah. And uh, the uh, and that falsetto, it was uh, taken from a previous take. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, the the article that I read on it, when I say article, I mean... Um, song facts webpage uh it says uh yeah it was taken from another uh take that he really loved had some falsetto stuff with it so they spent like an entire afternoon like splicing this tape together like these like little minuscule cuts like with a razor blade on on the tape just to just to make the everything match up perfectly on it it's like something that you know on audacity or whatever program we use like yeah you could probably do this in about 12 seconds but they spent an entire day doing oh, it oh wow well i'm glad they did yeah absolutely it is amazing how you know we said it feels so effortless with the amount of work that probably went in now that i'm hearing this yeah yeah oh exactly right <laughs> and i also like that uh i said oh you know it'd be easy for us to do something like this i'm trying to learn our our editing program here and and do a little bit of you know do some of the legwork on this podcast myself and it's like it's like i want to insert this in here it's like but i don't know how to do it so i'm just gonna let bill do it <laughs> so you're welcome yeah wait am i supposed to say thank you yes okay <laughs> yeah it takes a it, there's a learning curve there yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> The, well, yeah. well, the curve is right now, it's more of a straight line than anything. Right, right. You're, we need you to go exponential, not linear. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, there's a song. Well, it, it's... There's not a whole lot you need to analyze with these lyrics, right? Mm-hmm. It, like I said, it's it's simplistic and it it gets to the point and says what it needs to say, and uh, the joy and happiness that come along with it, 
it's it's a surface read. I think he's a happy, happy man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's my analysis of the song. So, I guess you'd have to think like, what type of music video would be perfect for this? And they don't have an official music video because it's 1977. Yeah. But they do have a great video where he came on to Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. And of all the characters to sing this to, Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. And it was every time I see your grouchy face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then Oscar does a duet with him and responds back how much he hates <laughs> whatever it is. And then James Taylor keeps saying kind things. And at the end, James Taylor just says, okay, fine. And then they both sing grouchy lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fun. But you're absolutely right. This is a song that could be on Sesame Street. It could be on a children's show. But it also plays well with uh, the adult contemporary sort of uh, scene and everything. It's, I think it transcends age. Oh, yeah. The thing that doesn't transcend age is how he looks in that Sesame Street video. <laughs> because the cover of the album, JT, he looks like, you know, well-put-together guy. He's got his hair kind of combed over. He's got a full head of hair, which I was kind of surprised at, actually. Yeah. And um, in almost like a smoldering look. He looks it looks almost like a cover photo you could... Uh, looks like uh, a young Michael Bolton. Yeah, he does. He go, Wow. But then on the um, Sesame Street, he looks like something out of Godspell. He's got, like, the mustache and and, kind of scraggly hair. Yeah. But I feel like his pants are pulled up too high. or or (laughs) Like, it just looks like he's going to do a mime show. Yeah. Get him him some roller skates and uh, save the world. (laughs) I would pay money to see that. The more I smile, the more you pout. We'll help each other out. You know, James, you're so aggravating. Now, what's going we call it cooperating? Isn't it amazing that a grouch like me can feel this way? I'm glad that I'm so lucky to make you feel yucky every day. So, yeah, there's the best music video. There's lots of live performances, yeah. too, of this, for and sure. And we've seen his live performance. Yeah, it's great. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, if you get a chance to see the man, it's uh, it's well worth it. Because I think that concert was, he played for, like, two and a half, three oh, yeah. hours. Yeah. And, no, like, no breaks, just just cranking out the hits. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll post the set list on our... Uh, do you have the set list? I think I do. Oh, okay. I, uh, like, uh, I'll cut it out, of course, if I don't have it. But, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> but I brought up the 1996 set list. And then I realized, no, we would have seen it in 2005. So it, there, it's, it was on the set list thing I went to. So if I okay. have it, I'll put it up. Yeah, okay. Like the song's infectious and mm-hmm. just happy and just unabashedly joyful. What's your favorite happy part of this song? It's, well, surprise. It's a big surprise. It's the bridge. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I think is the bridge where the, the bass is just going for the yeah. walk. And then he just keeps repeating, no one can tell me what I'm doing wrong today. Okay. And, and, then, that, and then the guitar goes, nee, 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 nee. That's, yeah. yeah, that's by far my favorite part. No one can tell me that I'm doing wrong today. Whenever I see your smiling face, my yeah, that's a that's a great part, and that's uh, that's that outro bridge we're talking about, right? Yeah, and you? Um, I think it's uh, it's in that second sort of like uh, chorus section, the second one, and it's like, isn't it amazing a man like me can feel this way? But he's like, isn't it amazing a man like like he just yeah. keeps climbing? Yeah, it's it's really really it, it's just 
you can feel so much about what he's singing. Like he, he really, really believes in this joy and in this happiness that he has. Yeah, that's good call. That's that's well studied, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it amazing a man like me? The song itself, too, it's it's short and sweet. It's yeah. two and a half minutes long. Yeah. And I think that's all you really need for something like this. Did it chart well? It did fairly well. In Canada, it got to number 11 in top singles, but on the Canadian Adult Contemporary chart, it got up to number four. U.S. Billboard Adult Contemporary was number six. So, I mean, it did, it did fairly well. It wasn't a number one song, but I think, you know, people liked it. People know it. So it, it, it was a successful song. The album that it was on, JT, was also nominated for Album of the Year that year. Oh, okay. But it lost. Yeah. What one, do you know? Rumors. Oh, okay. Sorry, James. Yeah. Not a chance. Yeah, there's not. Yeah. So, uh, okay. You have a mixtape? Yeah. Yeah. So I went very basic. Yep. Songs with smiling. Okay. And actually... If you like this mixtape, you should listen to a number of our episodes because a couple of them are songs we've already covered. Oh, okay. So, When I See You Smile by Bad English. Yeah, first song Frank ever danced, slow danced to. Yes, exactly. Smile Like You Mean It by The Killers. I Can't Smile Without You, Barry Manilow. Good one. Uh, Smile by Nat King Cole. Okay, is that the Charlie Chaplin song? I think it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. God Put a Smile on Your Face by Coldplay. And then we close it with I Love Your Smile by Shanice. Nice. Yeah, that's good. And that's another real joyful song, too. Actually, that's like the sister song to this. Yeah. That's that's good. Oh, good. I didn't even think of that. My theme is a bit different. Okay. So to me, this song is a perfect sitcom theme. Mm. This is sitcom music. Yeah, okay. And so yeah. if I can think of like sitcoms from the 80s that we grew up with, yeah. it's all sounding like this. Yeah, yeah, okay. So here are my choices. First up will be Thank You for Being a Friend, the Andrew Gold original version, which, of course, ended up being on Golden Girls yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. Then I threw in Where Everybody Knows Your Name by Gary Portnoy, which is a Cheers theme. BJ Thomas and Jennifer Warren's. Oh, that was Jennifer Warren's? Yeah, As Long As We Got Each Other. Oh, okay. Growing Pains. Oh, cool. And then I just threw in the Cagney and Lacey theme because <laughs> it sounds like it to me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that is my, my mixtape. And that leads us into the Hallmark movie nicely, but I feel like this belongs on a Hallmark sitcom. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's not a relation. Well, it'd be a, a rom-com. Yeah. But uh, more of a madcap rom-com, I think, yeah. right? So I can kind of picture the opening about... A 30-something couple, everyone's smiling, and so it includes maybe James Taylor is the dad, and he's got daughters and his wife, and so it's that whole pouty face. Do you they think could... it's Carly Simon and, and Sally? In the show? Yeah. Yeah. Before, of course, well, 1981, the... yeah. and things went south. Yeah. So that would be the... Uh, the Hallmark. opening, okay. Hallmark sitcom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Karaoke. Do you think you could uh, pull this off at karaoke? It would be a challenge because I'd have to climb up those notes. Not yeah. that I would reach any of them anyways, <laughs> but the fact that you got that falsetto at the end and is it amazing that a man like me might look easier than it is. Yeah. 
like your performance to Elijah today, how would he score your karaoke skills? Uh, laugh, laugh, laugh. Okay. Yeah. But actually, I'm glad you brought up karaoke. The best versions I've seen of this, because there's not a lot of covers of this. There are some good jazz versions that I've, that I've heard. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that people have come close to. Okay. But online, I watched a wedding party sing this to the bride. So the groom was the lead, and okay. they all did like sort of a doo-wop type of thing Okay. to this song. Oh, that's kind of neat. And the other one I watched was a boys choir singing this song. Okay. And it was really good. Like okay. they're like teenage boys yeah, singing, yeah, yeah. and it's uh, hamming it up for the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I'll post all this okay, in the show cool. notes. Neat. possum who's living under the winchester right now would like this song i would sing this to an opossum because they are uh the best thing to have in your backyard yeah i mean it he she whatever this possum is has been listening to this whole episode and and kind of scurrying around a little bit so i don't think that it dislikes the song no so your smiling face is a is a possum positive song (laughs) yeah James Taylor's Your Smiling Face, short, sweet, to the point, joyful, joyful song. And this was has been a short, sweet episode for us to record. And we thank you for listening to this episode and listening to close to 90 episodes that we've had uh, released so far, which is kind of fantastic. Isn't it amazing a man like me can feel this way and tell me how much longer it could grow stronger every day? That's how we feel about this podcast. And the way we feel about you, dear listener, is that we hope that when you're hearing us, that you have a smile on your face. And you know what? It helps us to smile ourselves. This has been Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. Thanks for listening.